wirelessly, which we could. Yeah, you could at least. You could, you know, the, the, have a key that the cops go and just turn it, and right. then it triggers the light to change. Yeah, that would be too logical. Yeah, but well, you know what we should do instead? What? We should spend a couple of $3 billion building some new roads and, and expensive housing. And, of course, Class A offices, which we desperately need oh, we on desperately the East need. Bank. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, let's do that. I am assuming we're recording right now. We are now. now um, the, uh, but, you know. So what, are, oh, what is this thing that we are? We should really stop here and say, um, I'm, I'm, I'm Brian. I'm Jay, and this is the BNA Podcast. Welcome. Oh man, so welcome back to the BNA podcast. It's been a minute. Ah, uh, yeah. It's just we, be a minute. We have to accept the rhythm. We do. It's just life gets in the way. It does, right? We are busy people. There's a lot going on. There, there, you know, I start looking at the juggling that I'm doing, and it's kind of like I'm not a very good juggler, but I'm doing a lot of it. So, uh, yeah. It's, I'm turning it, my ringer off. Oh, well, that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't think my ringer is on, but I'll double check just to make sure. I just, I just decided. Yeah, it's it may buzz. Because you said busy, and then I was like, oh, yeah, my phone's going to ring. Yeah, it may buzz because somebody might call me. Somebody wants me to be on their television show. Okay. And the they wanted to talk about it this morning at 10 o'clock. And I think like two weeks ago I said that was fine, and now mm-hmm. I've, I've changed my mind. What television show? It's a, it's a pilot for talent-related thing. Oh, well, that's cool. So... That's it. Well, you know all about talent related. It's a stuff. thing. It's a thing I do. Yes, or it's yes. a thing I did. I yes. don't know. Maybe it's a thing I do. I don't know. Did Sometimes. I, did I tell you? And sorry, I know we shouldn't. We've, we're going no, to have to catch up, up here. here. So yeah, y'all fine. just have to have to do it. Did it's I tell you the that only my, part of the show anybody cares about that the elder child is kind of sliding really nicely into talent agent world. See, it's she, a good thing. She actually has clients that she's getting royalties off of. She gets money. She, she gets, gets money. She gets commission. commission. Excuse me, not yeah. royalties, yeah. but she gets commission. I mean, she could get commission on their royalties yeah so uh and she kind of there's one guy that's gotten uh several commercials now so she's she's happy about that see these things can add up to actual real money they we're hoping (laughs) well they they really do yeah Uh, you know it's i was uh so what i was doing i just got back late last night from dayton ohio yeah that's exciting and we're helping um a group up there build a Sort of, it's sort of a hybrid new idea that's exploding around the country. But there are these regional media production facilities gotcha. that have like XR stages that are extremely good for everything from commercials to episodic television, gotcha. and even in some cases they have enough space to do major motion feature, yeah, yeah and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but it's it, you know, I get to flex some old muscles again and and enjoy uh, those opportunities to. To share some of the, you know, 40 years of staring at sound stages and going like, yeah, the reason that's over there is because it needs to be yeah. over there. Yeah. And there are funny little things about all that. But it's fun to do. But I was up there and just came back. And every time I come back, I'm like, you know, Nashville needs one. I mean, Dayton, Ohio has like better public transit than Nashville. Yeah. No, I agree that. And uh, I understand. And it's that. prettier. And their waterfront is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's all these things. This is really pretty. But anyhow, so busy doing that. And then well, is that it- was talent related too. Then there's another thing about government contracts and blah, blah, blah. And we're helping this thing. And it's ugh. Isn't tired. isn't that though? Um, thinking about that, you know, Dayton was one of those Rust Belt towns that was dying. Yeah, it was it really clearly was. dying. And it was I, a you know the biggest uh, industries there. Right. 
were, well, Delco, which mm-hmm. was uh, supplied the automo- automotive industry, um, NCR, right. National Cash Register, was founded and, and mm-hmm. grew there. And okay. so as long as they made things out of metal, they made them in Dayton. And as soon gotcha. as they started making them out of plastic, um, that yeah. might have offshored a little. Well, but, but, uh, but what, part of what I'm getting at is that when a town is in its death throes, when it yeah. sees depopulation, when it sees all that kind of stuff, the degree of willingness to try to be creative and to try to say, you know, before uh, part of what happens is folks don't want to change. Right. And and but when you don't have any choice, then you can do really cool things like what they've done yeah. uh, in Nashville. We've never gotten to that. No, no. We always stay firmly in the middle. It's like I, yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day about the, you know, the impending recession that everybody's yeah. afraid of, which doesn't look like it's happening, by the way, for. For people that Depends like economics, on, yeah. yeah. Um, the thing is that in, it's just—I mean, employment's going to soften some. I mean, it has to. We need—you know—we have two job openings for every person right, right now. Getting back to one-to-one is not mm-hmm. a recession. No, <laughs> right? no. So the the reality is that uh, this everybody's worried about an impending recession, and it's really funny because um, I say this—you know—with all due respect, Republicans mm-hmm. are mortified that we're about to have this recession, right? And Democrats are not. Right. Which is so weird. Yeah. You know, but it's like, but it, it just turned, I was reading another thing this morning, and it's like the, the right side, what used to be the right side of the political conversation, which is now just mm-hmm. fascism, it's no longer the right. But, right. but they're just scared and angry. They have no ideas, no thoughts, no programs, no plans, right? And, and the reason I bring it up is because somebody's talking about Nashville in recession. I'm like, you know, Nashville doesn't really recess much. No, it doesn't. It's the kind, first of all, it's a healthcare town. Right. Healthcare does not change. You know, not much. People no. still go to the emergency room if their leg gets caught in a combine. Well, and even throughout our history, I mean, it, it, there was a time, and it still is to some extent, where it was a publishing town. And in Absolutely. terms of printing a book, and publishing, printing and, yeah. publishing, and, you know, even though we've got a lot of books that are going out on Amazon, there's still a lot of book books There's that a lot are of being, books. being yeah, put, put out there. the Ingram and folks are still printing a they lot are of still, all of them. Yeah, pretty much. Know, just about all of them. And they're certainly distributing all of and them. And then the other yeah. thing is that the Ingrams, of course, also based in Nashville, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they the little one of the little boys that inherited lots of money is the one that owns the soccer team. Yeah. So, but the, the Ingrams... Uh, also own those wacky barges that yeah. push coal around, right? And um, we we're going to keep pushing coal around. We have not gotten rid of the coal-fired power nope. plant in uh, Gallatin. Gallatin. No, that was not going away in Tennessee. That's, not, they will not, tear that thing down the day after they legalize marijuana for for uh, recreational use. Yeah, well, that, I, I think year. no, I think that we will happen sooner. I think that will happen much sooner. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, it's hard to say. Um, so yeah, it's. I mean, that's the thing. I think Nashville. Ha- we've talked about before Nashville having this chip on its shoulder, yeah. kind of like, well, we're not New York. We you have know, low or, self-esteem. Uh, we have low self-esteem, <laughs> and yet, honestly, we've been a pretty thriving city for a long time. Really, and really long. That's time. what's so crazy about this East Bank proposal that was released last week, Absolutely. which which is that the quote from the mayor that this is going to make us a world class city, and yeah. I'm just tired of this. Red- they said that yeah. about the Titan Stadium. They right. said that about the Predator Stadium. Yep. This is what's going to make us world class. But guess what? Building not, a soccer stadium is going to get us a World Cup game, too. Yeah, How'd that work out? How are we not going to be world class we anyway? We are anyway. I mean, you know, the art It of, is one of those as compared to what? Yeah. So do we want to be compared to New York City? Because there is no other New York City in the on the planet. And there right? will I never mean, be. And there never is going to be. It's, we're not going to be San Francisco. We're not going to be. But I mean, 
No, it's we, everything we don't want to be. We could be LA since kind of most of LA is moving yeah. here. Right, right. Uh, it's like so. it's. Um, Did you read that article in the Tennessean by the guy? Or no, it wasn't. It was in the LA Times about. Folks moving to California from California to Tennessee, and I they did. found a new golden place. Yeah, and I, yeah. Oh, it made me want to puke. Well, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of people this week that are moving out of Nashville, Tennessee, yes, uh, and leaving, yeah, uh, because of certain Supreme Court rulings. Absolutely. In uh, our total abortion ban. Yeah. Well, which is now like I mean, you know, one of the good things about a total abortion ban, and people need to understand, God works in mysterious ways. A total abortion ban is so draconian and and so fascist and totalitarian that it'll end up getting overturned. Right. Right. Because now you've got it's like my daughter who is the ER doctor who is very anti-abortion. She is a child of adoption. She's right. very much a person that pro-life you know, person. Yeah. It's hardcore. Yeah. And uh, but she's like, well, that's ridiculous. If somebody is dying in my ER, I can't like not do something because the Supreme Court said so. That's not going to happen. And We're going to save their lives. And and what's so interesting about this is that if you the governor will say, oh no, doctors are protected, but the way they've written the law, no, doctors are specifically the felons. That they are specifically the felons. You can make a defense that says, oh, the woman's life was in dry, danger, but you have to prove it. You have to. And it's, you have to it's prove it's it to a like jury. Of Tennesseans, yeah, yeah. Right? So, um, yeah, this is not a good day in Tennessee because no. it's there. The reality is that people are going to die yeah. because they're not going to get the treatment they need. Um, I mean, if if this is just about, well, we don't want some woman to just abort her baby because because of out of birth control. Well, no, this is well, not I, what this agreed. is about. Um, but but do you really want a ten year old who's been raped by her father to carry yeah. a baby to full term? Do you and really they want- really really do? Yeah, but, but they're the not going to support her. No, absolutely not. But the people that really, really do are the same people that will absolutely not take in all those homeless people in downtown Nashville. Those homeless people in downtown Nashville are likely children right. that came from tragic birth stories and upbringings. Exactly. And, you know, as you've learned from your advocacy yeah. with those people talking to them one-on-one. Right. Um, you know, and I work with drug addicts and alcoholics all the time, and it's like, you, the stories that you hear, you're like, I mean, I get it. You don't want them to be aborted, and these are people of high value, and they're humans on the planet, and we need to take care of them. Then take care of them. Oh, well, no, don't take care of them by saying something like, "Well, you should pull yourself up by your bootstraps." Yeah, that which is work. what the yeah. Southern Baptist Convention uses as a some yeah. sort of. It's as though that's in the Bible, right? So we have just bounced around to about eight topics here they were all in a row. They were all great, but what I think we need to do is to take a quick back break because I have to run down the hall, and um, then come back and talk specifically about the East. Bank and in the affordable. Order. We could talk about it like in order, right? Uh, we could talk about the East Bank, East Bank and hospitality. As I think those can come were together. Their own topic. Yeah. Well, let's do that. So <laughs> we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Thanks. All right, we're back to BNA podcast, and we are here now to talk about the new East Bank proposal that becomes, as the Nashville scenes, a top focus for Mayor Cooper. Right, and now I got a couple of just sort of defining, you know, the parameters questions here. Okay, so what's the East Bank, and what's not the East Bank? So, like, because the Oracle seems to be building. At least a third of it is just for them. Exactly. No, I th- the East Bank is basically everything from, is that 2440 that comes across there by Metro Center? What's that? Yeah. yeah. 65. 65. 65. 
40. So everything between the river and the interstates that bound that are the boundaries, okay, right. is considered the east bank. So which is that means that like you're directly across from the water treatment plant is the beginning. That's exactly. And that's all pretty nasty up there. I mean, it's right. just industrial. It's, it's all industrial. It's no, industrial, but it, so. it you know, of course, where's all that industrial going to go? Yeah. Well, it's uh, I'm going to guess Dixon, probably. So it's got to go a long way, right? If there's anything really going on there. Right. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Some of it is, I don't know, it's peculiar. It is peculiar. So it's basically everything on the other side of the river from downtown. And, um, and of course, the big thing that started this conversation was the Titan Stadium conversation. Right. Um, which is which is still happening, but it's happening behind closed doors. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, they got way too much pesky public. Yeah, comment. well, because universally, everybody I've talked to, and I, you know, I don't drive, so I don't talk yeah. to as many people. Everybody I talk to is like, why are we doing this when we can't, we don't have enough affordable housing, we got a homelessness yeah. crisis, we've got all, why are we going to spend $2 billion on this stadium? You do um, hang out with a lot more pinkos than I do. Oh well, these are even people that walk up and down Gallatin Road. It's yeah. not necessarily pinkos. They're right. more. They're they're people that live outside Briley Parkway. Well, there is that, right? So you know, um, yeah, for yeah, it's those a different city. For those who don't know, okay, <laughs> in some cities they'll talk about the Beltway. Yeah, inside the loop. Inside the loop and outside the loop. Um, Briley Parkway is our loop, That's or it's loop. close close enough yeah. to close enough to it. So if you live outside Briley Parkway, you generally take a little bit more negative view about everything that's happening downtown yeah it's a it's a tradition it is it is it's uh we we both live outside uh, the loop so well most people live out in davidson county live outside the loop is that right yeah i thought it was not as much that way anymore i think it still is okay i don't i, I don't know that there's any way to know I mean, I, exactly. if you think about, okay, so... it's gone so vertical downtown. That so it's, Madison's res, Madison has 75,000 people just in Madison. Right. Antioch probably has about 100. Um, right. Yeah, I, I think it's still... Still probably still is. Still probably is. It's a massive city for a, for a southeastern city because of the metro government thing. It, you know, it's a really sprawling... City. So anyway, the East Bank was started, the conversation was started by this Titan Stadium thing, and Got we're it. still having conversations. Part of what's happening, it's it's an interesting dynamic we're seeing kind of with the council and the mayor's office, and one of the reasons it's kind of gone underground, uh, which is the way this mayor functions. It's like the same right. thing with the NASCAR thing. He put it out there, but now they're still doing these secret negotiations with NASCAR as well. Um, you think one, he just puts it out there to get temperature check and then goes in yeah. once he gets okay that part of that and part of that is is i think the legacy again of having business owners or developers who are trying to lead city governments in the thing the, the frustration point i hear from many people on the council is that a lot of stuff is just plopped in their lap and they don't have any time to really do any oversight or think research or thinking. The mayor just sort of plops it there and says, okay, you need to pass this now because we're under a deadline. Yeah, right, because um, Steve Smith said so. Yeah, because Steve Smith said so. So all of that's to say that the, the, the Titans stadium deal has not gone away. It's still in conversation. The council has slowed it a little bit because they said – you know, we really the the Let's estimate. Talk about it. Well, no, the the estimate 
this this is so Nashville. The estimate of what it was going to cost to repair or bring the existing stadium up to standards was made by the Titans. It wasn't made by an organization that was looking out for the city's interest. That's true. And And guess what? So they hired an organization mm -hmm. to do an overview. Right. This is an organ. It's really funny. It is a huge, successful organization that does, right. in fact, do this. Yeah, job. no, absolutely. It's based in Brentwood. Yeah, it's amazing how that is. Mm-hmm. Um, they found somehow or another, and it isn't. I mean, they're maybe the biggest in the country, right? That do this stadium thing, right? Well, I don't even know what it is that they do. Well, right? it's the evaluation to tell a city, oh, you got to build a new stadium, right? I mean, that's. I mean, they're hard. gonna. I mean, here's the thing: we're going to build a new stadium. So right. since we're going to build a new stadium. They really are. The council then hires these people to come in and tell them how they're going to pull it off. I well, mean, they built the stadium. They were responsible for the um, whatever they do, which is mm-hmm. still kind of a mystery, right? They do some sort of research to tell you about stuff. Well, didn't they do the L.A.? Uh-huh. Yeah. So the deal, though, is that in this particular case, the Titans are saying it's going to cost a billion dollars to upgrade the existing stadium. And this is based off of the consultant's report that they hired. At yeah. some point, the city needs to have its own folks say, this is, yes, this is correct, or no, it isn't. Right, or and it's actually $300 million It's actually $300 million yeah. and you all just inflated it because yeah. you want us to build a new stadium. And they also want a second floor of luxury suites yeah. that we can't, that we don't have the market for. So. Right. So so um, all of that's to say that the stadium started that, and then that evolved into this whole East Bank plan. Some of that had to do with the Oracle deal and right. what Oracle's going to invest. So now there's this whole idea that we're going to build a new city within a city yeah. or a village within a city on we the East Bank. And, of course, it has lots of high-rise buildings. We, mm-hmm. we look, like, look like that. Um, they're, um, you know, it's going to supposed to include some affordable housing, but that is another yeah. conversation we're going to talk about in a minute. Yep. Um, but it's also going to include luxury housing. It's going to include some office space. It's going to have some retail. So, um, so the mayor's all about this. And, and what's interesting to me, one of the things that I have been supportive of Cooper about is I felt like he moved out of the tradition of the Nashville mayors. Right, where you the, build something at the end of your term. <laughs> you build something, and that's what your legacy is based right. off of. If you it's build building, it, right. you know, it's, it's a building. You know, and for Bredesen, it was uh. the Titan Stadium and the library. The library is good, though. Um, you know, there, Carl Dean. It was the, con- the convention, convention center. center yeah. All those kinds. Of, so, Cooper, I mean, arguably, some of them are great ideas that require that. Right. Right. I mean, we needed the convention center. It right. changed the entire city. It it did. It did. You can argue whether that's good or it not. It probably is good. the The problem is not that it wasn't a good idea, which is very right. much like the East Bank. The problem is not whether it's a good idea or not a good idea to do. Mm-hmm. The problem is we don't need to build it. We need to use codes and planning to make it buildable. Right. And then stay out of it. Right. But we don't ever do that. Right, no. If, you know, if 10 years ago we did just made it so you had to put a turnout in a bike lane in front of every building you built in Nashville, Tennessee, right. we'd have turnouts and bike lanes. That would be and, awesome. Yeah. And that would have cost the city exactly nothing. Right. Matter of fact, it would have made the city money because you would have had to pay $100 to file those plans every time there was an update. Right. Right. We would have, we'd have and literally, it's inconceivable 
that we will go into this thing as though it's a city project. See, if we had bike lanes, then we could move away from party buses and into rickshaws. Yeah, well, we have those. Oh, do we? I haven't Absolutely. seen them. Absolutely. Now, oh. they're bicycle taxis. They're okay. pedicabs. Pedicabs. They have those oh, all I'm... over the place. See, you can tell how long it's been since I've been this, downtown. Well, you're making an excellent choice. Yeah. The... Um, and I'm not downtown very often, uh, the, but it doesn't take much. Uh, I'm trying, still trying to get um, the downtown councilman to take a ride with me in my car. Freddie? Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll work on that. I know. I've ta- I mean, we're, we're talking back and forth. We've been trying to have a conversation, but we haven't succeeded yet. We will, but we just haven't yet. But, I talked with him last week. If we schedule a meeting, I'll make sure to invite Yeah, we'll just you. do it and just yeah. sit down and talk about the downtown. I actually wrote a downtown plan. Oh, I know you. you mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew you were thinking about it. So back to the East Bank. Yep. So, so here's the question. One of the issues, we've talked a lot about the need for a downtown plan. And again, with the party transportation thing, all of that. As we're thinking about the East Bank plan, why are we not thinking about turning it just into the theme park that downtown that the has city become, already is well, that the city already is, I and then we can control can. it? Why? I think that we have to get because I think the theme park grew out of the Broadway tradition, and I don't think you can move it. Um, but what you can do is create an environment where people that don't want to be part of the theme park move across the river, and it becomes a much more serene city environment. Or, or you wall off those four blocks in, on Broadway. And charge admission. And and basically, <laughs> we've already got the bridge across. Yeah, absolutely. So it just becomes an extension of, of the, the theme, theme park. park. Yeah. So it becomes um, honky-tonk land, and the other part becomes something else. I don't know. I mean, I just... The, the complaints that we hear about folks about downtown, and particularly the office space where you know, businesses are wanting to move out of downtown because it's just so insane. It's about the theme park feeling. And, you know, there are people everywhere and there's party buses and there's loud music (laughs) and there are bachelorettes and, you know, okay, well, let's create a dedicated spot. But of course, (laughs) of course, you could have done that as well if you had basically moved the convention center out to Opryland. Yeah, although that's a horrible idea too. Uh, why? Well, the the reason that the to me the reason the convention center is successful is because you can walk out of the convention center and go to Broadway. True, right? You can walk out of Bridgestone and go to Broadway. You can walk out of Nissan Stadium and go to Broadway. The these are the things that anytime somebody comes to this city, right? If they're going to a convention and they can stay at one of what we right. now have a, a collection of in, incredibly beautiful luxury hotels. Right. We have a huge convention center. Right. But we have Broadway. That is our. That's the only winning ticket we got. Yeah, we, I, you know. If now, uh, if there was a theme park out there, all that kind of stuff, you can tell that when you. And one of the things that, and I think one of the reasons I keep driving is because I love hearing the opinions about this stuff. But the difference between people that stay at Opryland and people that are in downtown, right? They're in different cities. Yeah, they are, and they're pissed, right? People and at Opryland Hotel mm. for a con- conference. Unless yeah. it's for one of the far right wing things that ha- that ha- that Colin loves to host, right? Um, it is uh, there. It's like irritating to them. It's so far away. One of the right. f- one of the primary things that you have to explain to people is that there was a theme park, and that's why it's out there. Right. Right. It wasn't built out there just because we wanted to piss people off when they no, came to it town. No, it was a whole thing. It was, it was, it was a, a concept. Whole concept, yeah. and and the, the concept collapsed in the '90s, and now it's just this weird hotel that's way out in the boondocks that well, everybody's irritated about having to go to. Yeah. It. So well, you could argue that it didn't collapse. It was forced. Uh, it didn't collapse on its own weight. It wasn't like 
Opryland wasn't making a profit. Right. You know, they just, the business model for the particular organization was we can make more money doing this Got than it. we can uh, and I wasn't around during that time. Oh yeah. You know. So, but uh, so yeah. So I, back I, to this whole I thing. do hear you. I, my deal with Broadway is: do people come because oh we're in these old buildings that you can't get into that are falling apart, um, or is it because there are bars with good beer and bad bands and or um, pretty good bands actually, right. um, and you know that you create a strip. You know, I mean, you, look, you've been to Disney World, right? Mm-hmm. Downtown Disney. Okay, you know, you create a village, you create a thing. It's true, but that, downtown Disney doesn't work by itself either. Well, true. Right, downtown Disney works because you so desperately wanted to go to Disneyland right. that you'll go to downtown Disney and spend twice as much to eat instead of driving into Orlando where you could do the same meal for half as much. Well, yeah, exactly. Et cetera. Exactly. So it's, I mean, all of those things are sort of, it's that capture theology that <laughs> that works so well, but I don't think... And there's nothing wrong with, by the way, the fact that people love the downtown. I mean, it's it is yeah. what makes Beale Street Beale Street, and it's what makes the French Quarter the French Quarter, gotcha. and it's what True. makes. I mean, it's what makes you know. I mean, Broadway in New York City mm-hmm. when the whole Times Square redevelopment happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, the Disney Company. Right. When the whole Times Square redevelopment happened, you know, they still it's still theaters. It's still you know, music and stages and places and craziness and people outside getting their picture taken with people dressed up like superheroes and all the madness that goes along with that that people love to be a part of Mm -hmm. as a guest. It's still a thorn in every New Yorker's side. You do everything you can to go around it and stay away from it unless you're specifically going to a Broadway show and leaving. And we have the same problem. And I hear that. I mean, I hear that. I guess my frustration point is... Okay, so you go to the French Quarter, you know if you're going to New Orleans that it is, you're probably going to run into homeless folks, there's some crime down there, there's Absolutely. some stuff. That's part of the appeal. Absolutely. The, what I'm getting frustrated with is folks that are going, there are homeless people downtown. And it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, they've been there for 50 years. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, it's at a least. downtown. It's a downtown. <laughs> and right. and the desire to want to Disney-fy, you know, to create yeah. the Epcot yeah. honky-tonk That's, thing. Yeah. And, and I think we just need to acknowledge, folks, if you come to Broadway... Here's reality. It's a downtown. There are some places that are rugged. You're probably going to see people throwing up on the street. You know, it's it, you're probably going to have some folks come up and say, "Hey, I'll sell you some coke." Yep. You know, I mean, that's just part of what it is. Yeah. And and if you want a Disney-fied version of it, I know I shouldn't speak ill of Disney. No, we can because, speak ill of Disney. It's you know, but you know, I think they about are responsible for. My I, I always think about so. Epcot, which is mm-hmm. Europe for people that don't want to go to Europe. Absolutely. You know? And Nashville is, in fact. Um, it's funny. I still see people down there with their families. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they didn't read anything about this. But, right. you know, this all goes back to everything about that's wrong with the United States, right? right? I mean, people are coming here without checking to see where they're going. Right. Right. They made up something in their head. Right. They decided that's what it was. And then they went to it. Right. right? Let me just tell you something. When you go to the Vatican. Yeah. In Rome. Yeah. You will be assaulted. Right. By homeless people. Crippled people. Um Sorry, Italians Gyp- and, and Hungarians and Polish people. But yeah. uh, the there's a huge number of gypsies that right. sure. uh, have babies wrapped in their little swaddling thing and mm-hmm. bump you and steal stuff out of your pockets. Right. Yeah, of course. This is a big city. Yeah. That's what happens in big cities. People go there because the opportunity 
for misbehavior. They may go there with perfectly good intentions, by the way. But once you get there, you realize there's a pretty good grift to be had, and they do things like that. It happens. So so bottom line is the East, East, um, East Bank plan good or bad? So the East Bank plan is fine as long as it's done by private money and there's no reason we should be spending any money on it. We should be spending money converting old buildings into inhabitable places for homeless and workforce. Uh, And once that's done, then we should build something else. The other piece with the East Bank is a lot of it's in floodplain. Oh sure, and that's going to be interesting to well, see. Well, we got to fix works. that. That's we on us. Fix that. Right now, yeah. that is an infrastructure. I mean, there's problem. there's going to be infrastructure stuff that has to be done. And one of the great things about doing the stadium, the thing. I mean, Oracle's going to build up from the side of the river. Right. They're not idiots. No. And they have a lot of money. Oh yeah. So they're going to raise it up ten feet. Right? right. I haven't read the plans, by the way. So don't pull me aside and go like, no. Yeah. They're not doing that. It's only six feet. No. Yeah. But anyhow, they're going to take some. Protect, pardon me, some protective measures for a sure, $2 billion absolutely. building complex. But absolutely. That's going to happen. Then we need to do the same thing down the river and make sure that that's being managed. It is, in fact, a river that does, in fact, have dams that can, in fact, be managed properly. But they it usually, requires brains. But it requ- yeah, that's the Army Corps of Engineers. That's a, that's asking a lot. I, am, I realize that is, in fact. So um, why don't we take a break, and when we come back, let's talk a little bit about this hospitality thing. Absolutely. And, and then hey, some other stuff in Nashville. Can we say bad stuff about Marsha Blackburn when we come back? We can always Just say bad fun. stuff, yeah. She's oh, that's in fine. Taipei this week. I, I tweeted earlier that I think she's over there for a job interview. Well, we can hope. Yeah. You oh. know, gosh. All right, well, we'll be back in just a minute. All right, we're back with the BMA, BNA podcast. The, uh, we've talked about the East Bank thing, which is a pretty new development. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll see what you know what kind of the push forward and push back is on that. What didn't make the press, I just want to throw this out there, too, that's kind of a similar thing. So this past week, out here in Madison, out, out beyond the Beltway, yeah. um, uh, we opened up our new Madison Station Boulevard, which was a cut through from Neely's Bend, and it's really pretty and all that. But they also revealed the Madison Square, Madison Station plan, that's sh- the shopping center yeah. that's kind of the big anchor there in Madison. Um, and basically, they're wanting to turn it into Green Hills, more or less. So, um, But they have yeah. a plan. They're going to start construction like within the next year. And that's um, private money? That is private money. Then I, so, God bless them. I so, wish them well. Um, you know, there may be some infrastructure stuff. Oh, yeah, but, that's you know, fine. But it's private money. So yeah, yeah. so um, that got messed, messed out uh, of the development, but they're going to put in 1,000 units of retail, and it's supposed to be you know, multi-income. You're supposed to have some affordable housing. Right. We still need to talk about what that means. Um, um, and retail and all sorts of other right, stuff. It's as good so. a time as any. The, 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 the problem that we all face is that the definition – Mm-hmm. of affordable housing right is well it's kind of nutty well it is i mean affordable housing is not clear now hud well part of the problem is that the department of Her- housing and urban development sort of sets standards for things so Correct. one of the things they've tied to is what they call the average mean income of of a region um, so in so Nashville, the more successful a region is, the less likely it is to have actual workforce housing. Exactly, <laughs> because I, the the average mean income in the Davidson County region is like something around eighty thousand dollars now right. um, for for an individual. Um, most folks that are working 
you know, kind of in service economy are lucky if they're making 45 right. to 50. Um, and so affordable housing usually is talked about, well, it's 60% of what the AMI is. Um, but what happens is that you're making $40,000 you may be over that AMI, that 60% level, but you still can't afford to rent an apartment for $1,700. And then the other piece is like, you know, with the homeless folks that we work with, um, they're good if they can afford 30% of AMI. Uh, And nobody's building housing for that. No, it's. Um, I was was reading a thing here. There's a thing from last year in the Tennessean, which is now even worse, you know, obviously because the median has gone up. But, yeah, it is... uh, so what's labeled very low income, which is 30% AMI, is mm-hmm. called, uh, I'm sorry, it's called extremely low income. 50% right. is very low income. Right. 30% AMI is called extremely low income. Right. The 30% AMI is also very close to the official definition of poverty, and most people under 30 either live in public housing or Section 8, mm-hmm. which is what we don't have any of. No, I mean, because we've, you know, you know in the, granted, the old housing projects had lots of problems they, I mean, yeah. you know the they ones that were do. built in the 1950s yeah. um, needed to be replaced the problem is is that we replace them with fewer units right. with more restrictions wow. and so all of those folks that were living there before a third of them to half of them don't have anywhere to live because between the restrictions and the fact that there just aren't enough units there's nowhere for them to go and so we've got to figure out what affordable is um, which I, you know, I, my frustration is we keep throwing up. We got to deal with affordable housing, but it just ain't clear what that is. And and the definitions of affordable housing um, are are all over the place. You know, a, a oh, developer yeah. say, "Oh yeah, we're doing affordable housing." Well, how much is the rent going to be? Seventeen fifty. Seventeen fifty a month. <laughs> you know, right. my my younger daughter is living in an apartment complex. It's supposed to be based off of the sixty percent AMI. Right. She's a daycare teacher, so she doesn't make a lot of money. Right. Um, you know, she they just raised the rent on her place to almost a thousand dollars a month for a one bedroom right. in a building that's not really that nice. And right. um, you know, is it working for her? Yeah, that she's figured out how to make it work, but it's it's but not I mean, good. The fact that, you know, but she'll never be able to save up. She'll she'll never no. be able to go to college. Well, nobody can um, ever move forward, right? I mean, right. the thing is that that we talk about these things, uh, and and one of the reasons that. I've always had this. I mean, I've always been super conservative about things and the way we do things because the government is so bad at everything they do that I've always just sort of advocated for them to do less. Right. And, you know, this is an example of why it's so bad to have the government fix problems. Right. right? It's like the federal standard for how they do this. Well, that's great. They de- they defined it beautifully. Mm-hmm. 80%, 60%, 50%, and 30% are the delineation mm-hmm. points for AMI and how we determine how poor you are. Right. Once you get past 60%, right. we don't have any programs to build anything to put you in. Right. Right? So we... We define, as you know, if you're at 30, you're almost poverty. And you're not almost at the poverty level. The poverty level is absurd. It needs to be raised by $20,000 a year right. across the board at least. Exactly. Right? I mean, it is, this is the United States of America. We are, it's just like, I keep going back to this whole thing. It's like, why do we keep 
punishing our customers. If we're supposed to be a free market, right? The idea of a free market is that people could freely and easily go out and make choices in their purchases and therefore it supports an economy that does this thing, right. right? That's supposed yeah. to be a free market. And we, you know, the you know, and I'm sorry for all of all of you who are offended. I hope you are. Uh, evangelical Christian version of republicanism has become this thing where poor people are just sinners that must be punished on earth, not by God, yeah, but by us, much. right? And this is what you see in government policy because you got to get it past Joe Manchin, who who oversees the second poorest state in the union mm-hmm. and is dead set on keeping it that way. Um, the these these things don't work. Right? No. There is a chart um, that I read on Twitter early this morning, and the number of homeless people in Japan mm-hmm. has this rapid downward curve. Right. I mean, it goes from 25 something, 25,000 per such and such mm-hmm. down to like 2,000 per such and such. Right. Over 20 years because they did one thing guaranteed income? Built housing. Built housing. Yeah, they that'll just do it. Built housing yeah and by the way you can build like middle class housing right and that helps too you just but but it doesn't help to build mansions no so if you build houses that are at four hundred thousand and down then what happens to houses that everybody wanted to buy you know unfortunately for you and i like ours right then ours will either stay the same or go down over time because you'll be able to replace my hundred year old house with a new house and people like that kind of thing the other thing that we're we still are struggling with in uh in all of this because of the basic need is the notion of housing density um you know the reality that Everybody's going to have their own house with their acre lot or whatever. Yeah, their own it's yard. Just, it's everybody just, gets a yard. Everybody gets a yard. It's just not realistic, and and but the the nimbyism that we experience around any time anybody proposes, well, they're going to put apartments in there. Well, they're going to be right. Section Eight. There's going to be poor people. It's going to drive my property values down. And I get it. I own a house too. Right. I don't want my property values to go down. But you know what's funny is those townhomes that they built behind me that are fairly high density behind me actually cause my property value to go up. So, Absolutely. so you know, we we've got well, to be we've things. got to be willing to look at at how we deal with and it goes back to that zoning and zoning stuff using zoning and Um, planning is the best way in the world to improve our lives for a government right right cost us nothing it causes people to make and you know people will do this like one of the problems you know we're going to talk about city council thing Mm -hmm. the problem with having 40 city councilmen Mm -hmm. is hypernimbyism right Right. i mean your district is so small right that when uncle jimmy uh, if somebody wants to build two units on the lot next to his house, then you've got a councilman who's full force and vote at the council, right? And including, you know, the the council courtesy mm-hmm. is not. It's going to get turned down, right? Because he's he personally knows everybody that's bringing something to the council. Like these need to be looked at as policy things, not neighborhood things, right? Right? It's like no, as a as a country as a state and as a city we have a problem where people don't have any place to live that they can afford to pay for do we also do they have complicating factors Mm -hmm. yes they do well that's yeah their complicating factors might be addiction or alcoholism or psychoses of some sort might have mental health issues might have family deterioration issues they may have all kinds of problems right matter Mm -hmm. of fact they almost all do right and we're supposed to care about them too 
No, we're not. Well, we're not if we're evangelical Christians in the 21st century, but we were up till then. You know, it's it's interesting, and again, not to pick on evangelical Christians, oh, but come on. I think I've mentioned it. I don't know if I mentioned it before. There's a great book out that came out. It's probably 10, 15 years old now called Divided by Faith. And these researchers researched uh, sort of white evangelicalism and black evangelicalism and wondered right. why we are still... Um, segregated between those two traditions. You know, they both believe in Jesus. They both have kind of fundamentals of faith. Why are they segregated? And it basically came down to this this view of in the black church, they understand systemic sin the other, uh, that, and that systems are important and that, that all of this contributes to the well-being of others. Whereas in the white church, the narrative is always about individual responsibility right. which is a made up and, thing that Jesus specifically did not believe he did not believe it at all and so the the um this notion of that well if you're poor it's your fault right you know you just need to you know get yourself straight get yourself straight with god right um even and so, some of the poorest people in the United States are evangelical pastors. And they're actually, you know. It, <laughs> also it, some of the it, richest. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, that, you, that's, I will go on the record that, and that as a mainline pastor, whatever, yes. you know, I've not had a raise in eight years. And right. Don't expect to get one. Don't, so. Not really making any plans <laughs> not, not on plans it. Not right. plans yeah. on it. Yeah. You know, uh, this inflation hits me about as hard as anyone. As it, yep. You know, folks, will, my, my old folks will talk about, well, you know, I'm on a fixed income and I'll go, well, yeah, so am I. Me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, where were I'm we I'm actually on, on an income that needs to be fixed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm on a broken income. Yeah, Congratulations for on you being on a fixed income. Give me a consulting gig. Yeah, something. I know, They are kind of fun. Yeah. So, all of that's to say, what were we talking about? Well, we were talking about NIMBYism, and <laughs> NIMBYism. then we got off on the whole, you know. But Inga, yeah. The, the reality is that uh, we started in Madison, right? Yeah. It's all started in Madison, and I still haven't had an opportunity to say how funny it is that Marsha Blackburn, so she put a video up this morning, where she, and she's holding her mask. Yeah. you have to wear a mask everywhere right. you go in Taipei, where yeah. she's visiting the Taiwanese now. Now that Nancy Pelosi opened the door to visit Taiwan, yeah. now... Now Three Mar- weeks later, Marsha's got to go. Got to like, go. Well, I didn't have the nuts to do it myself, but if you, if Nancy yeah, Pelosi can go, she can I'll go. go. Yeah. So she wanted to go over there and make sure that uh, that uh, that the fascist regime was also represented. So, yeah. But she's holding her black mask, her mm-hmm. COVID mask, in her hand when she makes this video. And I'm like, I just love it that she goes to see the president, the quote unquote president. It's not really a recognized thing, but yeah, the president you know. uh, in Taipei. And wears a mask the entire time she's over there. Of course. And it, because it's a courtesy that you do in order not to infect others. But here, oh, it's not so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, today, uh, and this is where Friday the 26th, yep. is there's, I've got two significant events that are happening today. That TAB. We should, yeah, so. Total one abortion of, ban. Yeah, well, I was going to do that. I'll tell you the other one here yeah. in a minute. So let's, uh, this is in Tennessee. If you didn't know it, um, you can't do an abortion here of any kind, not even for the medical well-being of the mother or rape or incest or any of those and kinds there, of things. it is still currently, uh, we're hoping that some guidance will come out at some point about this, but it is still currently illegal for any procedure that could be interpreted as an abortion. That's correct. Which might include anything from a topic 
D pregnancy, DNC, all miscarriage, yeah. all those kinds of things. So, yeah. uh, and the way the law is written, some folks will say, well, but the governor said that doctors are protected. Yes. Doctors are not protected. What is in the law, the way it is written, is that there is the possibility of a doctor offering a defense that said they were doing it for the well-being of the mother, but... They have. They still will be charged with a felony right. and have to go to court to Which, prove that. And and it can be up to murder. Yeah. So here's the deal: uh, if you're accused of murdering your neighbor, right, you also have exactly the same rights as a doctor in Tennessee who's performing a medical procedure exactly. that they were taught to do when they went to OBGYN specialty school. Yeah. So this is a really dark time, and yep. we're going to see. Um, and I'm it, no fan of abortion. We need to get no, over that whole yeah. thing where if somebody says. I want doctors to be able to make medical decisions. Um, I was just as crazed about the idea when medical marijuana came to California. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, they made a law that said it is a medicine to be used to treat chronic pain and cancer patients, mm -hmm. spasms, et cetera, and people that have cerebral palsy and other Migraines. Things. Migraines, depression, aches, all kinds. And I don't whatever. care what it is. Yeah. But my deal was that's fine, mm -hmm. and if that's the case, then you got to buy it at Walgreens. Right. Right? Yeah. But instead, of course, these little dispensaries popped yeah. up everywhere, and a little old man that was a doctor in the islands yeah. came up here but didn't bother to I'm pass on. the bar. Yeah. He's like, you seem to have depression, yeah. son. Here's yeah. your card. You know. Yeah. And everybody got a, a cannabis card, and everybody was sick, and everybody got treated. And I'm like, that's fine. If you want to do that, that's fine, but just make it legal. Right. And then sell it at 7-Eleven. Stop right. acting like it needs to be in its own place. Sure. You know? I mean, even in Denver where everything's legal. Right. Um, you know, it's it's like silly that there are like cannabis specialty stores when you should just sell it at this store. I mean, it should have just been integrated as a legal product. Right? It so should that didn't be happen. integrated. Yeah. So these are things that are limitations on our behavior as citizens in the United States. And the if it's going to be medical, then it should be handled by doctors. Mm-hmm. Doctors should decide. Mm -hmm. Only doctors should decide. Right. And by the way, there shouldn't be abortion clinics. Right. You should go to the hospital. Right. If your doctor tells you you need to go to the hospital. Right. And in a hospital where you they have a all procedure. of this stuff, yeah. a it should all be that way. The whole idea, the only reason there's clinics is because, actually the only reason that there are abortion clinics in the United States mm -hmm. is because the United States government took away the tax exemption mm -hmm. of Bob Jones University. Yeah. That's the Pretty only much. reason. Yeah. At that point, the evangelicals literally had a brain trust conference to try to pick a new topic that would be emotionally invigorating to the base mm -hmm. that they could then use to get people to vote out the bad people that took away the IRS deduction right. for Bob Jones because Bob Jones wouldn't right. allow what? black people exactly and guess what else <laughs> right it's like people don't know this. it's like i heard this whole podcast about it and then i was like well that seems kind of like something i should have already known how was that possible and so i wikipedia just simple wikipedia search mm -hmm. of the southern baptist convention yeah. and why was the southern baptist denomination established uh because of racism to support slavery, slavery. yes to no support, exactly that's the only reason there yeah. is no other reason there's no like secondary reason or third right. reason nothing only to support racism bigotry and slavery did and i ever tell you about where we are. my story about getting kicked off of bob jones campus no but that's great yeah I, I was down there we i was i used to be a baptist and then right. i got saved and um Sorry. and so um 
uh, I was with a Baptist youth group and we were down in Greenville and uh, for some sort of centrifuge or camp or something. I don't remember something. And so all the kids decided they wanted to go to the mall one day, we, which was fine. So some of our counselors took them to the mall, but there were four of us, one of my college roommate and I, and then this are these couple of junior counselors, one of whom was African-American. And we got in our head that we wanted to go to Bob Jones and get a Bob Jones t-shirt yeah. so that we could have one. And so, but we were in our shorts, which is against the rules at Bob Jones. Oh. We didn't quite realize that, but we didn't. So, and, and again, and again, one of them was a very large African-American male. And so we park our car and walk across campus and walk into the bookstore and the cops, the, the campus cops immediately start following us through the through the thing uh through the bookstore and uh basically corner us and say excuse me you need to leave the campus um you don't belong here and so so we did but the what i really loved was the african our two junior counselors who were you know arrogant college age kids so the whole way back with a security guard walking with us, yeah, yeah. they're holding hands, looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, we uh, we were kicked off of Bob yeah. Jones campus, and you know, I I, I kind of like that having that ability. No, that's a good one. So abortion, that be, that's what we call good trouble. Abortion uh, in Tennessee has become yeah. ridiculous, ridiculously restricted. And in several other states, it will we probably be challenged in the courts. That will be. Um, uh, at some level, and uh, well, there's so already we'll a see. challenge. I guess ACLU is already taking it on, and yeah. then, but the American Medical Association at some point will now have to take it on. They they will uh, because um, and doc- then then guess what's next? Insurance companies. So in order to right. be a doctor that performs emergency medicine, mm-hmm. uh, the either the hospital, the physicians group, or you personally have to take on six figure per year insurance okay. uh, per doctor. Right. If this is now a procedure that is no longer covered under that insurance, mm-hmm. which it would not be if it's a felony, right? Um, then people will have to be allowed to bleed to death. Right. I mean it's I mean these are like things that right. that, you know, we live in the society we created. Right. And the Hippocratic Oath went out the window with the whole thing. And like I said, I'm not a, I don't believe in abortion as birth control personally. Um, I, but I also think that I'm not really entitled to an opinion. Yeah, I think right? that's it's right. It's like, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, saying something like, I don't think uh, African-American people dot, dot, dot. Well, I mean, I can have an opinion about it, I guess, but I don't really, I need to listen. Yeah. Not well, speak when it know, comes to understanding those feelings the, in those worlds. The reality is, on all of these issues, it's complicated. I mean, I remember um, my, a buddy of mine, a guy named Brian McLaren, talked about the need to complexify issues. Right. You know, so like in his case, we were looking at homosexuality in the church and all that kind right. of stuff. And, you know, when you start then opening up about, okay, um, you know, when did you choose to become, you know, because that's always right. the narrative to become right, right. gay or not. Right, right. Um, what do you do with intersexual people who are born with both sets of general right. genitals, all those kinds of things. Oh. And it's just complicated and you can't yeah. just immediately say, well, it's this way and that's the only way. No, God and did abortion not create is, things that were that simple. And abortion is the same way. The 10-year-old girl in whatever state that was where it happened that got pregnant because she had been Ohio. raped, Ohio, of course, um, because she got raped, do you really want a 10-year-old who physically probably can't carry a kid no, no, she can't. to full term? Right. 
why do you want to put them through that? I don't. Probably a little dysmorphic in being able to get pregnant at 10. Yeah, well, a right, little bit. Already dealing with problems. Right. The, um, uh, so. Well, it's all that plastic in the water. <laughs> the hormones. Exactly, you know. it might be. Um, but it's, but, you know, that's, I talk about this all the time because we desperately need to understand complexity. And these are the reason that, uh, that the idea, which mm-hmm. is now a failed concept, but the idea that worked for a long time about a representative democracy was you could elect like the smartest guy in a particular area mm-hmm. and Not he anymore. could go do that. And now yeah. we literally go to great lengths to elect the dumbest guy in an area so that they can be manipulated. Well, right? it's because the dumbest guy in the area doesn't, I mean, the smartest folks in the world don't want to no, be a part of that why system. You, yeah, why would you do this to yourself? I can right? make more money. I can have more life. I can yeah. be more fulfilled if I if I do this other stuff rather yep. than going through the morass that is 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 government. You know, I was thinking about. You know, we talk, mentioned earlier Cooper and and his sort of exe- chief executive thing about. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I should be able to do this. You know, kind of thing. And one of the things I'm struggling with right now is you know, he's thrown out this notion of. Um, well, we're going to spend $50 million in ARP funds towards homelessness. Well, it got to the council, and now the council's going, yeah, but you don't have a plan, and we're not sure we want to approve this. And right. so now suddenly that $50 million is on hold, right. which um, I, is it eventually going to make it? Probably. But sure. but, um, but the, you don't the, go the, in the, without a plan. Yeah. And I, the, again, we keep uh, – and this is true with Bill Lee as well. We keep yep. hiring business leaders. Yeah. But we're hiring business leaders. That have never run a business. Well, there's that. But the, but we generally are hiring business leaders. It's true with Trump that are in private organizations. They're not public or- right. organizations. They're not having to work with people right. um, to try to get things. I really think who we need to be hiring to run the city are high school principals. Right. Because they've had to deal with teachers. They've had to deal with students. They're trying to create this community. They've been labor. To, they've been management. They've, they've been labor. They've been management. They've had to deal with bureaucracy. Um, the the finest leaders that I know are high school principals. Yeah. And I think we, we need a high school principal to run for mayor this year. Maybe we could use one to run for city council in our district. That would be good. I'll have to find one. Yeah, we could use somebody. I mean, we really have a we have a handful of really capable, active, thoughtful city council people. And so if we could go pick the eight of them that are currently on the mm-hmm. council and then just make that the city council and have the other 12 just go away and not have those districts anymore, that'd yeah. be fine. You raise the money, I'll run. I did a thing the other day, too. No, just kidding. I, I, but I asked, I, I was in Dayton, Ohio yesterday, right? Yeah. So I was sitting with a handful of guys, one multimillionaire, another guy that's a great entrepreneur and a successful guy in experiential marketing who's redoing the inside of a museum in right. Columbus. And it's like, these are thoughtful, educated, mm-hmm. successful people. And... I always ask the same thing. So it's like, how many city council people are there in Dayton, Ohio? Right. Uh, do you know how many city council people there are in Dayton, Ohio? Five. If you include the mayor. If you include the mayor, yeah. Yes. So yeah. the so you've got four really city council people and a mayor. Well, that's, you know, we've never talked about structurally, again, the metro government, which is there's a big in a lot of city councils, the mayor actually sits on the council, or at least right. even as an ex officio, but is involved at the table. Which makes it more of a city um, manager's Which style. a city manager's yeah. kind of thing. Whereas in Nashville, we have almost this strict delineation between right. council and mayor, with the mayor having the majority of prop, of, of uh, authority. So it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's well, some structural He has structural the majority issues. of the authority, but he can't do anything. 
Well, true. It, you know, I mean, it's like one of those, he has a tremendous amount of authority except for money. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, which is like the federal government. But the, um, I don't know, I, I look at the whole thing and it's like, there's just too many people. It's yeah. Just, it's just too big Agreed. a chamber. And, Agreed. You know, as the city continues to grow, we need to pay these people for a full-time position. Right. It needs to be something that you do and you focus on and you stay plugged in all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, you know, the city is growing too fast and is responsible for entirely too many people and right. too much money to be done after I get done with my 12-hour-a-day work-from-home job. Exactly. Right, and then run over real quick to the Kiwanis dinner and try exactly. to say hi to everybody. I mean, it's just crazy. So I think we probably ought to take one more break and then come back with something positive. Yeah, and we talk about, I, hopefully you've gone out to eat somewhere lately, I'm which gonna, you have. I have. We're going to talk about, talking about, about Hitachi, that, so. Hitachi Bang Bang. Yeah. Back. All right, so the complaining session is over for the week. Let me just yeah. say a couple things. Number one, we really appreciate the people that listen. And it's like, I know some of you, and I hear from some of you personally, and I really appreciate that. I know we don't do the best possible job of distributing and and finding new listeners and stuff like that, which we should do better at. And we, we should. We, you know, but it is one of those, when it's your fourth job or so, it kind of gets tiring. But uh, But do tell a friend about it. You know, if it's yeah. if it's fun to talk about it, and if you'd like to be on the show, like if you if you got a community thing going on, or you see a problem going on in the city that you want to talk about, or there's mm-hmm. something like that happening, just talk to Jay or I, and let's do it. Let's have a conversation on the show about whatever is uh, bugging you. Right? Yeah, I mean, we're happy to do it. We've had some great guests. We had a great time doing the candidates. Uh, for our, uh, what do you call them? They're not attorney general. The attorney, district attorney. District attorney. That yeah. was the word I couldn't bring up. That was a gr- lot of fun. Our friend Tim Jester, who's very active in the community, we were great. It was great to have him come talk to us. Yeah. And uh, we should do that again and and start and and have some folks come visit. We do enjoy that. I think once the mayor mayoral race settles down, yeah. Um, I'm I've already talked with Freddie O'Connell about yeah. it, uh, with Hal Cato about it. Although he's not officially announced yet, but will soon, uh, probably. Um, so there are several folks I'm pretty sure yeah. we can get on uh, at That'd that point. We, we just need to figure out exactly who's running for that. So yeah, right. people have do have to decide and file. And exactly. Stuff, you know, uh, new, new, new restaurants? So, I mean, I haven't. We went to what was really funny is we ordered from the new Domino's in Old Hickory Village. Yes. To you people that live in civilization. Right. You have no idea how spectacular it was that there was a McDonald's, I mean, McDonald's, there is a McDonald's. There's also about to be a Taco Bell. Taco which Bell. Was, you know, which is yeah. what we don't need. Yeah. Uh, but having a pizza delivery place, like right around the corner, is a huge upside for us. It's in my backyard. And it is literally, I mean, you yeah. can you can smell it cooking. Yeah, right? pretty much. So we, we went over and got that. And then I was out of town again. And now I'm about to go to, I'm going to Ireland for like 10 days. So I'll have some some stuff to talk about when we get back um yeah if you weren't if you weren't sober i'd have you drink again as for and there's a whole bunch of things it's like one of the things i was talking to my friend beth down the street about Mm -hmm. is um maybe we should actually start writing a sober travel blog because there's not much out there right if you like what happens is if you go on google and search sober travel Mm -hmm. what you'll get is somebody selling a sober cruise to mosset line i'm like i couldn't possibly care less about going and doing a three-day sober cruise with a bunch of people what i want to do is live my life like a normal person go where i want to go and if anybody 
goes places and does things where oh this is like we did tapas in Madrid. Yeah, that would be tough to do. I was thinking super about easy, that's, oh, super was easy. But oh, you have to, you know, like it's good if if you know of a good place to go, right. etc. Nobody there cares if anybody there drinks. That's not. Gotcha. It's not nearly as important to them as it is to us, right? Yeah. And so. So yeah, we had a great time eating our way through Madrid. That'll work. Uh, was was fantastic. So we're gonna go do that. But so that was my only like my super positive experience for the week, food wise, was being able to get pizza within four or five blocks of my house. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, uh, right next to the that Domino's that we mentioned, a new restaurant opened up called Hitachi Bang Bang. Apparently, uh, it is a sort of limited regional chain. There's one over on Dickerson Road as well, huh. but it's basically Japanese Hitachi. You know. Yeah, that, chicken uh, rice stuff and that? sushi hibachi hibachi grill yeah you know the, the guy with the knives yeah, you know yeah. uh but uh but, you but don't this sit is, in there really so no this is not. this is a tech this is a takeout place but um but you know chicken steak rice kind of thing but then also sushi which is um which is kind of nice because we've not had a sushi place within close proximity to us um so uh we ate there the other night it was really good we enjoyed it and the cost was good the price uh these days um, was very reasonable, and we were really happy. Like I said, both of those are kind of in my backyard, almost yeah. literally. Uh, we can smell them both. Um, it, it has its moments. So, um, so we're. I would we think smelling the uh, hibachi is probably an upgrade from just the wafting of McDonald's and Domino's. I think that's probably correct. So, so um, yeah, that's the only cool place I've been um, lately. We haven't been going out much because I went somewhere we else and I can't remember where, where it was. Yeah, we. I had, will. I didn't write it down, but it was like two weeks ago because once yeah. again I've been working and traveling as well. Yeah, none of us been going out to eat. Um, if you'd <laughs> like your restaurant to be um, to be reviewed on the BNA podcast, that's fine. Just have us over and uh, feed us and then we'll talk about it exactly now, but you did have a great breakfast you were talking about oh, yeah. you go to a great breakfast I do place, go to a great breakfast which is place every week so so there's this group of guys that we've been going to breakfast every week for 25 years now and um, we started off at Nashville down on you know downtown on Music Row down in that area like all the best people do you know midtown and uh, then it got too expensive so we moved to Athens uh, over on Franklin Road. And then Athens, you know, between COVID and everything, went out of business. And so we were needing a new place post-COVID, and we ended up at Big Bad Breakfast on Charlotte Pike. It's right across from Bobby's Dairy Dip, if you know where that is. Right Absolutely. Across. And so um, it's kind of, I would say, a high-end breakfast place. It's probably a little more expensive than I would like to ex- spend for but breakfast. But still less than First Watch. But there, it is, it's still less than First Watch, and it is very, very good. They have amazingly good coffee. Um, I remember, you know, because Athens cost, coffee was like the worst coffee in the history of the planet. Oh, and yeah, that's true. and um, I need, I have an Athens story I need to tell you too. Um, but yeah, Big Bad Breakfast is really great. Um, and if, um, if you miss Athens in Nashville, here's the yeah, secret. Yeah, kind of do. You have to go to Sarasota, Florida. Really? So we were driving through a neighborhood, and we saw this Athens family restaurant, and we we walked in, and the menus were the same as the ones in Nashville. 
and we were like, I mean, it wasn't like they were just similar. I mean, these right. were the menus. And we asked, and basically the family that owned Athens moved to Sarasota and opened up a new restaurant. I love that. And it's phenomenal. Actually, the food there is better than it was here. Um, and so uh, we had lunch down there when I was down there recently. I think and I might do that. I have to go at some point this year to Florida. I have some friends that just moved down there and that neck of the woods into Venice into Venice well cool well and we keep talking you need to come down and stay at the condo that we stay at we'll get you to come down Um, there are some great places in Sarasota we can do our Sarasota we can do a podcast from the beach I can do that at at Sarasota and then talk about the restaurants yeah you'd be surprised how good I would be at sitting looking at the ocean doing a podcast I think we can do that I'll get a filter even to kind of get the noise out oh uh, let's keep the noise in All just right, to keep we'll it keep, the noise. keep it keep it in alright well I think that it's been gets a it ton of fun it has and so, I'm so glad good to see you I mean I haven't yeah. I haven't seen Jay since his birthday which is the day of the year that I celebrate the most heartily because it's the yeah. day that he is older than me until May yes so I'm enjoying that now I speak much more loudly to him for the next uh, right. seven you need months, to. Um, but you know because of his advanced years. Yes, and um, you know bring Geritol to every lunch meeting. Exactly. So anyhow, I'm I'm happy for you. I know you now get a discount on Depends, so I'm glad everything's working out. I beautifully. appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, thanks for being. Uh, you know, here with us on the BNA podcast and listening to us talk about stuff. Once again, if you got something to say, you can either go on Facebook and say it there, or what ends up happening most of the time is people just tell us, and we're happy to have that too. So come. We join probably us ought to have time. an email address, shouldn't we? Probably. Okay, uh, we'll we work can, on that. I can do. I can make one of those. Yeah, I know what to do. Okay, well, I'm good. good at those. All right, y'all have a great week, and we will see you when we see you.